Hello, everybody. I'm J.D. Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more while kicking back, cracking wise, and always having a good time. You can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com. The John of All Trades podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. speak. It's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 193. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And on this week's show, we're talking cannabis. That's right. I've got Lindsay and Tyler Mintz, and they are the co-founders of Arcanum. Now, what is Arcanum? Arcanum is a cutting-edge performance and delivery supplementation created with today's top performer in mind. This is from their website. It's a product suite dedicated to people who care about what goes into their body. Addressing the causes and not just the symptoms is the new pathway to performance for today's ageless champion. Now, that is straight off their website. What does it really do? Essentially, this is activated CBD that will help with any number of things. They have some topical products where if you are experiencing some pain or you have ailments, maybe you're an athlete, maybe you're just a parent. I know my body hurts all the time as a parent, and I put some of their Sarco Freeze on me, helped me right away. I mean, the relief was almost instantaneous. They also have this product called the Quill. And the Quill, they tell me in this episode, you should treat like your daily vitamin. It can help with any number of things. Most notably for me, my anxiety went down. Now, how does it do this? By using activated CBD... It activates the endocannabinoids in your own body. That's right. You have something called endocannabinoids inside your body that helps regulate anxiety, digestion issues, uh, inflammation, can help with your circadian rhythm. I took it before bed. It's helping me sleep better. The things that they talk about in this week's show, about all the things that their products can do, it sounds like snake oil. And they even admit that in the middle of this. They say, that's part of our sales pitch. All the things that this can do, it sounds like we're selling you a bunch of hot air. Now, I did this interview about a month ago, and they gave me some free samples of their product. So I tried them, and I decided to delay this episode a little bit because I wanted to test it for myself. I can tell you that the products that they gave me work really, really well. I feel a lot better when I take them. And when I forget to take them, my anxiety goes back up, and I'm not sleeping as well, and I'm basically just not the best version of myself which is why I've joined their affiliate marketing program. You can find links to their products on the John of All Trades website. And if you purchase through the John of All Trades website, they kick me a few shekels in return. Now, I'm not going to sell you anything that I don't believe in myself. And as a thank you for this, if you decide to go through and buy some of their products after listening to this episode, at checkout, enter the code JOHN10. J-O-N-1-0, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. It's a pretty good deal, and I highly recommend their products. Now, on a different note, this episode is a lot of fun. 
Lindsay and Tyler were both essentially professional athletes. Lindsay was a professional bodybuilder, and Tyler was a professional rugby player. He played for Team USA on their U19 team. And he's done some, and he's done some rugby since then, but mostly they're involved in this now. And this is a really cool product line. So I'm thrilled to feature them. They actually reached out to me. They found my podcast and they said, Hey, we've got a really good story to tell. And Lindsay tells stories about suffering from autoimmune disease. I don't want to give away too much because her story is really compelling and pretty harrowing at points. And it was when she finally found CBD that she found some relief. Tyler was skeptical. He was not a CBD guy. He was not a weed guy, not a hemp guy, not a cannabis guy. And so he did a bunch of research. They actually got involved in this industry because there was money to be made and their political ideology matched up with anti-prohibition. And if you're skeptical about the industry, I highly encourage you to listen to this entire episode. Now, that's not to say this is a scientific dissertation or anything. You know, we, we spend some time talking about science, but we also talk about raising kids. We talk about Tyler's time in rugby. We talk about Lindsay's time in bodybuilding. They're both a couple of great folks, and they're just fun to spend time with. This episode is a breeze. I recorded it at the T-Bar, which is attached to Shotgun Willie's. Now, most of my interviews don't take me to strip clubs in the middle of the day in the middle of the week. So that was also kind of a treat. When you hear this episode, you'll hear like road noise. There's like some ambient sort of din from the street right next to T-Bar. But we're sitting there, we're sharing some laughs, we're getting some info, and we're learning about the cannabis industry, and in particular, their product line through Arcanum. So I'm thrilled to bring this week's episode to you. Go to the John of All Trades blog, J-O-N of all trades.us. You can find links in the companion blog piece to all their products. And if you use those links, they kick a few shekels back my way. Use John 10 at checkout. You'll get a discount for yourself. So everyone wins. A couple of other notes. Denver Film Fest is coming up. I am one of the official podcasts there once again. Looking forward to bringing you some great content from that. Also, check out the Denver Podcast Network, denverpodcast.net. J.D. Lopez, host of Left Hand Right Brain, recently had Adam Caton Holland on his show. You heard his ad at the top of this week's show. I had Adam Caton Holland on here as part of episode 50. That was a big one for me. That was really fun. Adam is just a super great guy, and I recommend his book, Tragedy Plus Time. I got it for my birthday. I read through it in like a day. It's funny. It's touching. It's a wonderful ride all the way through. So, Denver Podcast Network, denverpodcast.net. You'll find great shows there, including Left Hand Right Brain, featuring hosted by J.D. Lopez. Now, let's get to this week's episode. It's episode 193. I've got Lindsay Mintz and Tyler Mintz, and they are the co-founders of Arcanum. Their episode starts right now. Yes, we have quite a few. we got a... Chickens, horses, dogs, cats, ducks, turkeys, <laughs> turkeys. Uh, the occasional that. rattlesnake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably not a pet, though, right? <laughs> not a pet. <laughs> but they just show up, right? Because yeah, yeah. where? what part of town are you guys in? Right next to Red Rocks. Okay. Yeah, so I grew up out there. Red Rocks was actually my first show. I grew up in Applewood first, and then I lived in Genesee. Did you go to Wheat Ridge High School? I went to Golden High School. Oh, you went to Golden? Yeah. All right. Well, one of my rugby coaches was a chemistry teacher at Weaver, that's why I asked. But we, uh, so we're the leftovers from Matthews Winters Park. That was my great, 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 great okay. grandfather's homestead. Oh, nice. All so right. he's so the Matthews side. Yeah, my mother's the Matthews. All right. Perfect. And so have you been out there pretty much ever since? Or when did, when did you come back to it? 
So I grew up out there until middle school, and then I went to Douglas County down to Castle Rock, Douglas County High School. Douglas County High School? What year? Yeah, um, I graduated in 01. Okay, because my wife graduated in 98 from Douglas County High School. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. we know a lot of the same people. <laughs> yeah, that's too funny. Yeah. Uh, and I was just at her 20-year reunion, so I was with Douglas County people just a lot recently. And that was actually the episode, we're recording this on a Tuesday, the episode that goes up tomorrow is a graduate of Douglas County 98 as well. Oh, wow. So this is Lindsay and Tyler Mintz. And you are, what, the founders of Arcanum? Yep. Yep, co-founders with um, Tyler's parents. So the four of us co-founded the company. It's actually been, we're pretty much celebrating our one-year anniversary right now, which is super exciting. So we, uh, the whole idea was born in July of last year, which is 2018 or 2017. And now we've been really rocking and rolling since January of this year. But, um, yeah, we founded it. It's a family business, which is kind of how we roll. That, and that makes good sense. It's uh, Give me the elevator pitch for it. So for anyone who's not familiar with Arcanum, what is it? What is it designed to do? We truly believe, and you're going to tell I've done the elevator pitch once or twice, but <laughs> really, yeah, we truly believe that whether you're a weekend warrior or a professional athlete, you shouldn't have to sacrifice internal health to be able to do what you love. So Arcanum is all about vitality, and really vitality can be something different to everybody. It could be the mom who has such bad tendonitis that she it hurts every time she tries to hold her kiddo. It could be, um, you know, the retired dad who just wants to go out there and hit a tennis ball. It mm-hmm. could be your professional athlete that's sick and tired of popping NSAIDs or opioids. It could be the football player trying to reverse the signs of CTE. Uh, you know, so really our, our canum is vitality. Well, it's funny. As a parent of two young kids, so my kids are two, and almost four, I heard all the time. I yeah. mean, right? It, it, just picking them up and, you know, it's, it's a very physical. I think people underestimate the physicality of parenting. And so in that way, I always tell people, like, I'm like Wolverine up here and then like <laughs> hot garbage down here. <laughs> because the exercise of parenting doesn't distribute itself evenly throughout the body. It's a lot of upper body. Right. We do a lot of expos and a lot of moms stop by the booth and you can just tell they're like switching the kid arm to arm, arm to arm. And I'm like, just let me rub you down real quick and yeah. you'll enjoy it. <laughs> okay. So in terms of you're and you're both athletes, right? Yep. Yeah. We're both former more or less professional athletes. Okay. So I was, uh, I competed with the WBFF, which is a professional fitness and bodybuilding organization. And Tyler, he's, he's very modest, but he played rugby for the United States. Nice. So a U19 Eagle, which um, as rugby starts to gain more and more momentum in the U.S., it's it's a pretty big deal. So he was one of, what, 20 people? Well, yeah, but that was a, a U19, and then I played for the Glendale Raptors, and now they're actually professional, but they're very different than when I played for them. The guys okay. are, like, bigger, faster. So higher. you say U19, that's, like, under 19? Yeah. Like okay. It's an age group, so I, I played a lot of rugby in high school, but... You know, back then, rugby was kind of getting its foothold in the United States. So never did, uh, like, uh, World Cup, that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, I got to go to a couple of them. Oh, there's, like, a U19 World Cup? Yep. So rugby nice. internationally, there's um, U19s, U21s, and then it starts to go open. Okay. Um, so it's kind of different internationally. But, we, yeah, we got to play it. But back then, I mean, the United States was in the B pool, so we were playing countries that weren't very well. So you weren't playing, like, the Springboks? No. Or uh, no, that the been, All Blacks? It would have been really ugly if we did back <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny is I was in London for the 2011 Rugby World Cup, and we were staying with some guys who were from South Africa. 
and they said, we really don't want rugby to get more popular in the U.S. because you guys have such athletes there that if it does, the rest of the world's in trouble. And this is our niche. Yeah. Don't take our niche. So this is really interesting, but we, we, I reached out to a trainer. He actually trained me when I was going through all my rugby stuff in, in high school and college. And he's involved with the Broncos now. And he said, yeah, my job is to take a lot of these guys that didn't quite make the cut, but make sure that they're still in good enough shape that they can jump on the pitch. Mm. And so we put together a developmental camp, and we sent all these NFL players that just didn't quite make the NFL to go play in a rugby tournament. Yeah. And I was like, it was last weekend. Yeah, I was like, that would just be weekend. so dirty. They probably won't win the game, but out of nowhere, you're going to have a 250-pound free safety bite you up. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was that? Yeah, some guy with crazy physicality, right? Yeah. Because like the way they cultivate these NFL personalities, it's like guys this big shouldn't be able to run this fast. Right. And it's terrifying, right? It, it, it is scary. And that's what the coach said. We had a chance to talk to him just for a second, but – the what he was seeing he's like these 300 pound plus guys can move on the rugby pitch like he was super yeah. impressed with it and so we actually are working on putting together a little bit of a human interest like more of an interest story than it is it's not really pitching or canum or anything like that right. but really talking about these guys journeys it was 16 of them going through the rugby developmental camp for two weeks and then going to regger fest which was this past weekend in aspen so really kind of seeing how that transitions and it's going to be really interesting to continue to watch it we're watching the numbers rise in youth rugby um, because of CTE and what people are are seeing and parents are starting to become more and more educated. And what we're also seeing is a lot of rugby players either going and coaching tackling with NFL and really showing them that rugby tackle. Or also you've got, like, um, I think Pete Carroll over with the Seattle Seahawks was the first coach to really be like, hey, I'm implementing rugby tackling with my players. I, I think that makes sense. And, Tyler, I'm interested in this. Having played rugby... You know, how, how do you feel about your brain health? It, it's still a, a super intense contact sport. Um, so I don't want to downplay that too much. But the amount of concussions that rugby athletes get versus mm-hmm. football players is it's significantly lower because football is a game of inches. It's just a different, it's a different sport. Yeah. I mean, everything you do, they go backwards, you go forward, hell or high water. You spend 30 seconds to 60 seconds recovering. I mean, you got a full right. tank of gas and then you just smash. It's like um, interval training too, right? Yeah. I mean, it's in rugby. So in my position and you know, now I'm 240 pounds. I played a lot. I was like 220, but I would sprint about six miles a game. Jeez. Yeah, and you play 90 minutes straight. I mean, you just don't stop. <laughs> yeah. So it's not, you know, you're not like huddled up for 60 seconds. Like, okay, I'm that guy over there. I'm just going to go stick my head through his face mask right. for the next 15 <laughs> seconds. It's and not you're not different. wearing you're not wearing the pads. You're not wearing the helmet. And so you also have that different body yeah. awareness. And, where and at some point, those are those are weapons. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's so funny with the helmet. I mean, the NFL is, is almost becoming neither fish nor foul. They're trying to modify yeah. the sport. And I... People don't even. First of all, people don't know what a catch is, right? Right, and so there's so many rules. You compare that to rugby, where it's a much more fluid sort of experience. Uh, you know, it's it's almost like this unholy hybrid between football and soccer, right? Right. It's am I way off in this or no? Well, and we were just at the National Athletic Trainers Association, and I got to see some of the neat things that are coming out with football. But I think it's actually going to make it worse. I mean, it's going to protect your head. But like Lens was just saying, your your spatial awareness, your your awareness of your body and what's going to hurt is off. You know, especially with the yeah. technology, the pads, you're like, hey, I can run into a brick wall, and I still feel pretty good. <laughs> so now the National Athletic Trainer says there's, like, pads on the outside of the helmet. You're like, yeah, so, if, you know, this 
250-pound guy that runs a 4340, he can now hit you with his helmet at full speed and still feel pretty good about it. That's pretty terrifying. Yeah. And looking like the great gazoo <laughs> yeah. at the same time. But, Lindsay, so you were, you were also an elite-level athlete. Yep. Um, I mean, doing, doing bodybuilding and, you said, uh, competitive bikini as well, right? Yep. Um, what kind of toll does that take on your body when, when you were trying to train for that and get your body into a certain state? So that's what a lot of people don't recognize. I mean, they think, you know, they hear bikini competitions and they think Hooters or they think, you know, Miss America. Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, right? Which, you know, not taking anything away from that because they have their own training regimen. But this was a full-time job. I mean, this was something where you're eating every two and a half hours. You are training. I mean, I would get to the point and I don't condone that. I mean, I think there's a lot healthier ways to do it now. But the way we were doing it back when I was competing, I mean, I would have anywhere from usually about uh, two to two and a half hours just of cardio a day. I would be spending two hours lifting weights per day. You're eating every two and a half hours. You're meal prepping. You're literally counting every single calorie that goes into your body. And it's much less for performance, which is what I'm into now, which I'm kind of getting into CrossFit and actually like, hey, being a functional athlete and being able to do something with my body. But it's so aesthetic and it's so subjective. You know, I mean, it could be, did the judge like blondes instead of brunettes? It could Mm. be, was your suit not the right color? Um, You know, was one glute overdeveloped compared to the other? (laughs) Uh, I was very fortunate to compete at a very high level to earn my pro status with WBFF to go to their world championships in Toronto. And then the next year I won the Arnold Amateur, which is probably the most prestigious amateur event. Oh, the Arnold's a big deal. Yeah. And and as a pro wrestling freak, I know two women who competed in the Arnold. Mm -hmm. One was Alexa Bliss. Yep. Uh, and one was Dana Brooke. Yep. So I, are you familiar with them at all? I've heard, I definitely know the names. I yeah. mean, I've been out. I retire, retired uh, <laughs> in 2011. So okay. um, that was the year I won the Arnold uh, the Arnold Amateur. Won my class, took second overall. So and that's in Ohio, right? Yep, in Ohio. Okay. So kind of getting, um, but, you know, it is it is a 100% a full-time job. Um, I was one of the first athletes sponsored by Muscle Farm. Nice. So I was with them for five years. And it's really it's really fun to just see how everything comes full circle and then coming around and like, hey, now I'm the one signing athletes. <laughs> yeah. When I used to be the one, you know, who was a signed athlete going around and, you know, being a booth babe and making appearances. And now we're the ones running booths and getting out there and spreading messages. So it's just been, it's been it's fun to see everything come around full circle. Well, that's got to be really helpful, too, because you can speak both languages at that mm-hmm. point. You know, you know it from the sponsorship side, and you know it from the athlete side. So you know what an athlete needs or wants to hear. And so, you know, if you're an athlete looking for that, you go, oh, okay, so they actually speak my language. Thank God. Finally, someone who speaks English, right? And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, I've found that on this podcast so many times, understanding both sides of whatever industry you're working on is so useful. And that's one thing, you know, I, and I talked to Ty about it a lot, but I'm like, you know, when I was quote unquote shopping myself and trying to right. find a company to align myself with, I am still shocked at the, the lack of people that come up to us and I want to say even introduce themselves. Hmm. I think right now we live in this age of social media influencing where everybody thinks that, hey, you want me. And it's like, hey, it's so it's as simple as coming up, introducing yourself to me. Let's start a human connection that's not digital and start a relationship together. I mean, we've had, I think, in the amount of time that we've had this company, 
the first, I have one person off the top of my head, and she just came up and introduced herself. She's one of our athletes now. Mm-hmm. So it's much less of that, hey, pay me, give me free product to make a post on social media about right. product. Like, hey, actually, let's have an interaction. Let's talk. Let's make eye contact. Yeah. Let's shake hands. <laughs> let's connect as people. Yeah, Right? First. God forbid, right? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's something that's definitely different because I was around. I think uh, Facebook was kind of a thing. Uh, Twitter just kind of started, but Instagram right. had not even. Instagram was not even a thing yet. It was probably an idea. I've talked about this a bunch, but I'm so happy I didn't go to college while social media was a thing. Oh my gosh, us too. Right? I That's mean, our kiddo's in uh, middle school. 13. Okay, yeah. And do you just have one kid? How many kids do you have? One. Just, just one? one? Yeah. Okay. So it's my stepson. Okay, I was an only child, so. <laughs> okay, so you know. Yeah. But the social media is terrifying. It uh, is terrifying <laughs> for middle school kids. They're like, you say the wrong thing or like the wrong thing, and then. You know, the teachers are looking at it, and I, it's just... Good Lord, that sounds like a, a, a level of scrutiny oh. that is just terrible for a 13-year-old's yeah. development. And I'm still working yeah. on Snapchat. Like, I, I don't... I don't like, understand Snapchat. I'm in a car, and I think I'm getting pulled over. I'm like, what's going on? The flashback <laughs> like, there. What? I'm like, don't do that when we're driving at night. <laughs> but, you know, even he'll come to us, and he actually got in a little bit of trouble, which is... You know, I mean, 13-year-old boy, they're going to do it. They're going to get in trouble. So we took his phone, and he, I, <laughs> he came to us, and he's like... You know, it's kind of nice not having a phone. And we're like, we actually have a kid. This is, and we're actually really, I wouldn't say we're, we're pretty strict. I mean, we don't even have TV at right. our house. We don't have Netflix. So I think it's his one little, like, I don't know. His one little digital vice. Yeah, yeah. his one little vice. But it's like we have, we have interactions as a <laughs> family. And, and we're pretty good about no phones on the table or anything like that. Well, and you go, welcome to 1995. Yeah. yeah. This I is how we all used to What am I going to do? I'm like, well, we turned out just fine. Like, Mike, I had a pager when I turned 16. <laughs> yeah. So your parents, you know, could get a hold of you if they had to. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I, f- I read this one weird piece about why young people are watching the show Friends so much. It's because all these people are hanging out in person. No one's on their phones because no one had no phones one back had then. Them. And they go, wow, these people are having so much fun just like yeah. talking to each other and just hanging out. And I go, yeah, it's pretty great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Let's all put our phones down. What, yeah. a, what an idea. What a great relationship. Right? <laughs> so, Lindsay, one of the other things that I read in terms of the founding of this, and I, I think it was in the introductory email. You guys actually reached out to me, which is always really fun mm-hmm. uh, when, when I get ideas for shows. I, and I read about this. I go, this sounds really cool. Um, but you had an autoimmune disease, which, yeah. which helped lead you to want to find you know, alternative methods for, for making yourself well. Can you... <laughs> Tell me about that. Sure. So it kind of goes back to, and I, I mean, this could be a whole other episode if you really wanted to talk about it, but when I made the decision to stop competing, I decided to get breast reduction. I wanted to change my implants out. It just wasn't something that fit anymore. I wasn't trying to be in that world, um, which is a whole and other story that I did that to try and be in that world. But So is that sort of uh, almost like a prerequisite for yes. being? To- I, uh, I would 100%. No, I think if you looked at the Bikini Olympia that just happened, I think you would be hard-pressed to find maybe one competitor that doesn't have implants. Okay, why? I, Once again, going back to aesthetics, and I think what society or judges think a bikini competitor should be or think a woman should be. That uh, what they to, should be. What they should be, that it, mm. it involves breasts. And, you know, I, I'm... I was right there with everybody, and, you know, I mean, it was, I don't regret the decision at all, but, I mean, looking back, I wish I would have been much more educated. I think everything leads to something, you know, which is what I'm doing now and spreading this message of breast implant illness and what that is, 
But um, you know, did anyone I, tell you to get that, or was that was it something that you looked at, or was it just sort of known that like if you want to succeed, this is kind of what you do. It, Yes, all okay. of the above. You know, I think it's yes, it was something that you don't find a girl on stage that's doing really, really well that doesn't have them. Okay, interesting. Unless you go to bodybuilding. Yeah. Okay. And then when you're in bodybuilding, then very Which few of them have them, funny because right? CrossFit, like, total, like, you'd Nobody be hard-pressed in CrossFit <laughs> to find a girl with them yeah. because yeah. you see what it does when you're actually making that transition to functional fitness. Mm. I mean, they're... They just they, get in the way, right? Oh, my gosh, I can't... You know, well, you do it with an extra ten pounds. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> we joke around about it all the time. I'm like, man, now you know, I have a half Ironman in ten days, and I'm just like, I can't imagine training for that right now with those big implants. Yeah, I just can't imagine it. So, but to kind of how this whole thing happened, I went in just to get a reduction because mm-hmm. I was like, hey, this isn't something that I want anymore. This isn't who I am. I'm not a model or anything like that. So went in, and about three months post surgery, I had smaller implants put back in because when you go in for a surgery that big you you have a lot of scars there's a lot of nipping and tucking and stuff that happens and so you know you get implants put back in to hide the scars essentially so three months after that i started showing just i got started getting really weird sores and just my body was reacting to something and it started this long six month journey of multiple doctors and nobody being able to tell me what was wrong. It was give give you another pill, give you another antibiotic. Right. I went from one, um, oh, you could have MRSA. Let's just go ahead and treat you with antibiotics. Oh, let's do a few rounds of prednisone. Which, you could have MRSA. Jeez. But not even like, you know, be like, until we get the test results back, let's just go ahead and, and treat you for it. That sounds like an episode of House. It, <laughs> you, everything that, and, and I say we went through it because we went through this. Well, sure. I, I mean, mean, yeah, you're there with her. Oh, yeah. And seeing what it did to me. I mean, I'm a former professional athlete. I can't go train. I can't, I can't like, function. I mean, he would see me have to put my legs up on a wall because I'd be cramping so bad from prednisone that I literally couldn't even move. Mm-hmm. So finally, it got to the point where it was so bad, and he was, he, I had a doctor's appointment. He's like, do you want me to go with you? And I'm like, no, you know, it's just another doctor's appointment. I got this. And so I go to the doctor, and they're like, um, what are you doing tomorrow morning? Because we're taking you into essentially emergency surgery and removing your implants completely. Wow. And I, I called him. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just, I remember I just lost it. Like, I just started crying. Because, you know, if you can prepare for something like that, oh, yeah. that's one thing. But to hear, like... This thing that you identified with for so long that you think makes a woman a woman and you're, yeah. you know, literally losing everything. So went in, found out I actually had resistant stuff under both implants. It was causing an incredibly severe eczema reaction. Um, I had an IV pick line for over a month. Jeez. More rounds of steroids because it still wasn't being able to be controlled because I'd been in my body for so long. But what it really was is it was breast implant. My body had completely, for some reason, reacted to this newest round of implants. Um, so and just said no. Your body's said like no. no. Yep. I mean, and in, looking back, it's the biggest bless. Like I'm so happy to not have those things anymore. But really, then I started researching. So it's, I mean, the amount of toxins that and the things that the FDA does not tell you that go into those things. I mean, saline is the best route that mm-hmm. if women really want to go and, and make that decision, which, you know, not it's a very personal decision. Everybody Certainly. makes it for their own reasons. And if you do it, I really encourage you to like research the saline ones. Silicone, um, going into surgery too, we found out both of my silicone implants had ruptured. And so of course then you Jeez. have free silicone in your body. I mean, it was, 
it was just a crazy, it was a complete crazy eye-opening experience. But um, going through all of it and even coming out of surgery, being on the pick line, I was still having a hard time getting off Big Pharma, and we own a dispensary. Mm-hmm. Our bud tenders were like, will you please just try CBD? And I'm like, I don't want to be high. Like, I, I, you know, it's not my thing. I get it. We're in Colorado. People love it. I'm sure. all about the right to choose, but it's not my thing. And so they pointed me towards Mary's Remedy Oil and a very low amount of THC, not enough, I mean, enough to make you, like, relaxed. Not enough to make you stoned or loose. Yeah, sure. And um, I, that thus began my journey with CBD, and I was able to get off all big pharma prescriptions well, and medications with it. That's a big difference, too, that is, is a major misconception, the difference between CBD and THC. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, there's a stigma associated with that because the history of cannabis in this country, you know, first of all, it's been criminalized forever. And, I mean, that, that goes to for all cannabis. Mm-hmm. And... I think now, given that when you picture, if you say weed, right, who do you picture, right? It's like Cheech and Chong yeah. or, you know, <laughs> like whoever else. And you go, if, if you're of a certain disposition, you go, I really don't want to be associated with that. Right. right. That's not who I am. But the fact that CBD has helped so many people, I think of Patrick Stewart, who mm-hmm. puts CBD, topical CBD oil on his hands every day because he has arthritis and it's the thing that helps best. Yep. Right. It's, and that, I'll be the first to say, and I know it took, just to validate your point, it took Tyler pretty much a year to try it. Like, he had sure. to research it. <laughs> to well, that's what you say, the Cheech and Chong thing. Yeah. I mean, we get the bud tenders, they're like, hey, try CBD. And, you know, it took care of the autoimmune issue, the eczema for her. Um, and I was watching, she's like, you got to try this just for your overall health. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm healthy. That's a bunch of stoners trying to say that there's medicinal uses for this stuff. I'm right. like, I don't really care. And then, it's like, hey, man, you're going to feel really good. Yeah. And you go, yeah, I'll bet. I'll, I'll bet. I was like, let me schedule it. Maybe we'll watch a movie on Friday night. <laughs> yeah. and I'll, you know, but it, it, ended up, down. Yeah, it ended up being part of my daily routine. It did take me a long time, though. Wow. But speaking yeah. to your point, too, that was really our passion behind Arcanum and being a family of athletes and seeing – this can help people, but we have to get rid of this hippie dippy stoner, rainbow mushroom, mm-hmm. psychedelic mentality yeah, because this is something that has so many benefits, even if it's just regulating your circadian sleep rhythm, if it's helping your neuroplasticity, which could reverse Alzheimer's, the signs of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and things like CTE, um, mood regulation, you know, heaven forbid you don't get road rage. It's There's so many benefits benefits to it we just that was our one of our main goals with our canon was to get rid of that mentality okay so i gotta ask you something otherwise I, this would be a dereliction of duty which is neither of you is is re, at the time were pro sort of cannabis how did you come to own a dispensary then um polit- politically yeah um so politically you're anti-prohibitionist oh, okay true and true. like hey you know it's coming to town i honestly you know this, this sounds bad but if, if if you want to go bang heroin, like that's on you. As long as it, I don't have to pay for it, or it's not going right. to affect and you're not me in any way. Uh, I, I don't think you know if you're I'm your brother's keeper, but if my brothers need to be kept, I'm not going to I'm not going to take care of that. Okay, so, so okay, so you're you're sort of pro, uh, you're anti prohibition mm-hmm. of things, and yeah. and I think you see. I mean, there's an argument to be made when you see things like in Portugal or the Netherlands you know, where they filter money away from sort of enforcement and into treatment for people who have problems with it. Sure. Um, and, you know, in terms of, I would dispute a little bit about heroin just because I've seen what the opioid crisis is doing well, in this yeah, country. Well, I mean, that kills so many people. But I, I get the point. I, your, your comment is taken with the spirit with which it was intended. Yeah. So, I mean, 
Yeah, heroin might be a little over the top. Like, I understand the opioid addiction. That's one thing we fight. But it's basically, if you want to do something that's not going to pick my pocket or break my leg, right. do it. Yeah. Well, it reminds yeah. me of something. There's a comedian named Kyle Kinane that he said, he's like, look, I was not put on this earth to be a goalie, okay? I, if, if you want to do something, as long as you're not hurting someone else, uh, I'm either going to help you or just get out of the way. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's uh, a decent governing philosophy with some guardrails, of course. Sure. But, okay, so... Given that philosophy, you go, hey, let's get into this business. It was a green rush. I mean, it, it was a green rush. You know, we are business people. We own multiple businesses. And we're like, hey, you know, we do regulation well. We have Shotgun Willys. We have T-Bar. We can do regulation. So right. here comes another business where this is a really neat opportunity um, to really send a great message of anti-prohibition, to be able to offer people individual liberty, um, to send the message that is politics in Glendale, which is a really <laughs> neat city, you know, kind of the way we do things. I'm, I'm also on the city council in Glendale. But, you know, it was just like, it was a perfect storm for our family. It was a great chance to get into something um, where it kind of matched with a lot of what either what we believe or just really kind of how we, we function as entrepreneurs. And it's really, it's still really cutting edge, too. I mean, people hear that. They're like, oh, there's great money. And we saw it. And we're like, hey, this is going to be neat. You know, we're anti-prohibitionists. It's going to be something that we believe in. It'll be an educational piece. What did we pay? 80% in taxes? It's ridiculous. About eighty percent in taxes. Wow. Last last go around. Um, so it's it's not making money. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right? You know, it's one of those companies that we do millions of dollars a year in our in our gross, but they're still figuring out regulations behind sure. it quite a bit. Well, and this is a good spot in the show for me to do a little bit of disclosure as well. One of the partners in your company is Mike Dunafon, correct? Mm -hmm. yeah. And Mike is on the board of one of my clients for my day job. So he's on the board of Vital for Colorado. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I work with them. They are one of my clients. But that had no bearing on this getting set up, right? No. So, yeah, it was... You were contacted with our, by our marketing team. <laughs> no, it didn't. I mean, his, his politics definitely... Help no, but I mean, it. like he didn't set this up. Like he oh, didn't. No. He didn't ask. I don't me to think do this. he even knows that we're doing. This. <laughs> oh, this podcast. Yeah, yeah. No. that's what I mean. No. Yeah. No. no, he has. They're they're in Maine right now. So <clears throat> oh, that's even, funny. Yeah, they don't even know this is happening. So yeah, as <laughs> as uh, as I got the pitch, I sort of dug into it. I go, oh, uh, Mike is part of this. I'm like, I wonder if there was a connection. I asked. Uh, I asked your team, and they said no. He, he doesn't even know we're doing this. Yeah. So anyway, just want to make that clear, so there's no conflict of interest here, as yeah. far as I'm yeah. concerned. Nope. But, okay, so in terms of the products that you are creating through Arcanum, what are these products? What do they look like? Um, you know, how does this manifest into wellness? You're talking about CBD. How does one get that into their body, and what kinds of effects will it have? So so many people don't know, and what we weren't taught in science class is that your body has this endocannabinoid system. So that system, essentially, the easiest way that we like to break it down, it's responsible for balance or homeostasis. So we produce these cannabinoids naturally, just not to the amount we could use or utilize. So when we talk about things like autoimmune, like we're not sleeping right, like we've got excessive receptors firing off that are causing pain and inflammation, so arthritis. You know, we've got these different things that have to do with being out of whack, essentially, okay. out of homeostasis. By supplementing with cannabinoids, and especially hemp is one of the most potent sources, you've got cannabinoids in black pepper and turmeric and rosemary and a lot of other things, but you get so many of them. There's over 130 discovered um, cannabinoids just in the hemp plant right wow. now. Wow, all right. So there's a ton. So you're really supplementing with something your body is producing naturally to maintain its state of balance. So that's kind of like the blanket 
statement as to how cannabinoids work. Oh, okay. That I had no idea. I, I didn't know the body produced uh, cannabinoids uh, naturally. Yeah, I, and I would, a, I would say most people don't know that. An, an endocannabinoid. Yeah, and they're so called endocannabinoids. Body, yeah, your body produces it inside an endocannabinoid, and then cannabinoids are what we supplement with. It's actually if a, if a mother doesn't produce enough when she's pregnant, the body will actually abort the pregnancy. And they're actually found in breast milk. So when you're breastfeeding, huh. you're actually building your baby's endocannabinoid system. Wow. When you dig in, when you dig into it, it gets super. This, this is all research that I had to do before I even tried. <laughs> I was like, so, so we actually have one. Of the, I mean, it's it's incredible what we do. And I'm, know I'm like, about. this it just works. So I'm like, just try it. And so <laughs> yeah. then he starts telling me all the information, and then we're like, okay, we we've got to roll with this because so, there's a way we can help so many people with this. So you you're going into it going, hey, this actually worked for me. You're going into it with the science. It's kind of like Reese's, right? You yeah. get some peanut butter in my chocolate. <laughs> yeah. You got the chocolate in my peanut butter, right? Well, that's why a lot of people, they've tried it. They're like, hey, I don't know how this works, but this works. But when you really start researching the endocannabinoid system, I mean, you bring every major organ and gland in your whole body. So they're communicating with each other properly. The receptors aren't firing off excessively or they're not dormant. Huh. Um, it brings your whole body into homeostasis. And what that's going to do for you is, is incredible. And not to mention the anti-inflammation response. So... Inflammations, 90% of the problems are caused by inflammation. Sure. So if you get something, take care of it internally. I mean, that's just a huge win. That has positive side effects. You know, we start talking about all this big pharma stuff that, like, you're, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. You know, you're, you're right. trading one, you're, you're working on one thing, but you're getting this whole other side effect. What about something with an entourage effect? Like something that has positive side effects that the government has a patent on. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of the products that, that you provide then, what are they? What do they look like? So for us, what we did, there's two different methods. So we can talk about CBD topically mm -hmm. um, or activated hemp, and we can talk about it systemically. Systemically, that means like, in, so it's going to go into your bloodstream. Okay. For us, we use, we work with Mary's, we use their patented transdermal gel pen technology. The reason why we do transdermal is fewfold, but one is accurate dosing. So with the patented dispenser, we can tell you every single time what you're getting, mm. which is so important, especially for people that are new to supplementing with activated hemp that, hey, you can actually monitor yourself. You know you're getting a two milligram microdose every single time. Also with transdermal, you don't have any type of first pass metabolism. Okay. So you said transdermal and you're, you're almost making like a syringe. Yep. And I'll show you. I actually <laughs> brought some products for you to try. Okay. So great. You can try them but we have, it's a dispenser. So it's a gel pen. You just rub it okay. on your wrist. But yeah. I mean, it looked like you were, you yeah, were like, like it was and something you were going to inject. I have it in my hand I, and I'm like, you know. So, yeah, the back, we use your thumb to squirt this down. In the last expo we did, we were at the CrossFit Games, and it, and it looks like I'm doing the syringe motion. Right. So now so we just I, hold it in our hands. Yeah, and, and I didn't show this, this poor lady how to do it, and she was ready. I mean, she hit herself with it, and I was Jeez. like, no, it's lotion. I was like, you were going to say like, it's it's not, gel. It's not adrenaline in the heart. This is not Pulp Fiction. Yeah, but like, she was ready to try needles. anything. Like, these are the people that, I mean, yeah. we, and it's the testimonials we get, the stories we get. It's it's amazing. Like this is why we do what we do because we are literally changing people's lives yeah. with these products. So the quill, I mean, it's a great. We tell people think about it like it's your everyday vitamin. Um, you mm. know, we two to four times a day help with everything from circadian sleep rhythm, the total body inflammation. Um, it's going to help with mood regulation, so anxiety, depression, migraines. I'm trying to think, what else? My good. The, Digestive the, issues. Yeah, the, wow. The inflammation, the full body inflammation. Well, you uh, mentioned inflammation, which is an interesting concept to me because I learned this when I was a kid and it always stuck with me. And it's that when you have a cold, 
it's not the virus or like the the, the cold that's messing you up. It's your body's like immune response, mm-hmm. and yeah. so that's why your sinuses get inflamed and your throat gets yeah. inflamed. And so you said inflammation that triggered me. I go, oh yeah, that's right. That's what your bo- that's what you're actually fighting against mm-hmm. when you have a cold. It's your body's sort of uh, immune response, which is just brutal. The colds are interesting. I mean, I'll tell you, we've literally been traveling the U.S. since January. I mean, I think we're home. Not only traveling, but going to expos when we travel. So yes. Oh, yeah. So shaking hands with people. Yeah. And we don't get sick. Recycled air. Uh, yeah. We, we don't. I mean, it takes, and, and pretty much to this, like, we can, because we biohack all the time. We'll go on right. and off CBD. Um, we track our sleep with our watches so we can actually see the difference in our deep sleep versus our light sleep when we're taking our products. So we're constantly doing it. But we, the only time we will ever get sick is when we're not supplementing. Wow. And to touch on that, when we talk about sleep, a lot of people are like, so when do you take it? Well, we take it first thing when we wake up, the systemic product. And then when we go to bed, and I say, well, how does it help with sleep? It helps with anxiety. So when you get into REM sleep, rapid eye movement, you actually have a lot of subconscious anxiety going on there. So when you suppress that anxiety, you're going to move from REM sleep to deep sleep quicker. And then when you're in deep sleep, that's when you get your HGH, you know, a lot of good hormones in there and your body's really okay. recovering. So it's interesting. I mean, the the way you all talk about this and the amount of uses and the amount of sort of biohacks that you all have. You ever get accused of being snake oil salesmen? We actually, it's part of our page. We're like, it sounds like snake oil, but stay with us. (laughs) We actually say that. Okay. Interesting. And we are full, like, you know, when we tell people we have a lot of stuff that we use to poster we actually go into talking about the endocannabinoid system first because of that but literally like it's more in in tyler's pitch than mine because we've kind of honed our different you know yeah you're like an old vaudeville team at this point right but but his is like he's like it sounds like snake oil just stay with me because it it does i mean and that's that goes back to the science of it i mean the endocannabinoids expressed in every major organ gland in your whole body so you're doing a lot of different stuff. And then not to mention, um, so the quill's got a terpene profile in there. So, you know, beta-caryophyllene, that's what you find in black pepper, which is also going to help with inflammation. And then we have limonene and pinene, which citrus and, and from pine needle to pinene. But pinene is, is eating up enzymes in between your neuroreceptors. Hmm. Um, so it's really good for neuroplasticity and memory. That's one thing they should be studying for CTE. So it, does a, it just does a ton, of, a ton of different things. And even if you're not trying to, like, you know, reverse the signs of Alzheimer's or you've never played football, or ice hockey or anything like that. When we talk about it being just a neuroprotectant and antioxidant, it has great benefits for just that everyday, like, memory. It actually, and that was the very first thing you told me when uh, when Tyler started using CBD. He's like, I don't know. I'm remembering stuff better. That was the very first thing you told me. Well, it took me a a little while to really hone it in because we're starting a new company. We're excited. I'm researching new stuff, and I was like, you know, maybe I'm just super into this but <laughs> yeah, like, maybe it's I, just enthusiasm yeah I'm like maybe i'm enthusiastic and then a couple months you know i'm like this is helping my memory wow this is really helping out it, so that's our that's our systemic product the other reason we chose the transdermal delivery and this is really focusing once again on athletes hmm. so tinctures are probably one of the most popular ways to deliver um cannabinoids systemically it's not convenient um, for athletes. So, hey, if you're, you know, how often do you have a mirror and you can actually figure out what kind of doses you're getting when you're working with especially a lot of male players. Are you going to get them to put a little dropper under their tongue, you know? (laughs) Vaping it, obviously really trying to get away from that stoner mentality. And any type of vaping is going, um, you don't want kids watching their 
icon on the football field vaping. You know, I mean, Nate Diaz made it really popular with the UFC and the pictures of him vaping right afterwards. But we're like, hey, we also, with juuling being such an epidemic right now with kids. Juuling? Juuling. <sighs> my kids are almost four and two, so oh, I, I, I'm not up on you Just culture. wait. Do you want to take juuling? <laughs> what is juuling? Juuling. <laughs> um, ju- I, I've got to give it, yeah, it's vaping. But it's nic- but vaping nicotine. Juuling, okay. J-U-U-L. I think it's J-U-U-L. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Juul. Um, so it's a type of vape pen, and, and i got to hand it to, who makes PAX? I think the PAX company makes them. I think them, PAX but like company makes it. Flavored. But now, like, vaping has been, I mean, they did such a good job with branding, and I'm not, nothing against them, but just awesome marketing, right. that the kids call it juuling. Okay. So, so wow. they juul with... And I'm pretty sure it's PAX. I could be wrong. It's PAX. Um, it, yeah, if it's somebody else, I, they get the credit for that. But so now all the kids the call it. the company that owns okay. PAX. Yeah, they, they call it juuling. And it uh, the FDA actually just came out and said that we have Surgeon an Surgeon General. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's an epidemic okay. amongst Among kids. Um, well, I mean, because it tastes amazing, right? Yeah, cotton candy. Like, yeah, cotton, cotton candy, I mean, bangarel. Who knows? It, yeah, it's directed towards kids. But, wow. you know, a lot of naughty things are like you can find sure. different. Well, I mean, you, you think about uh, in, in the liquor industry, you know, you could get, you mentioned cotton candy. There's cotton candy flavored vodka. <laughs> you know, when, when we were growing up, uh, it was, schnapps it, it, was like a, it was like a Rubicon to cross if you wanted yeah. to like smoke cigarettes or like drink alcohol. Yeah. It tasted awful. It was all just terrible. Yeah. But you're like, okay, you know what? Uh, I want to get to this end point. And now kids are like. <laughs> well, and even then you're like, my parents are going to smell it. You know? You right. Put it, and now literally like it is scentless. It doesn't, has nothing to do with nicotine uh, or it has, I mean, you can't like taste any of that in it. And it is, a, it's, it's. Insane. And they're actually working on the vapor too. Mm-hmm. So you Jeez. can, you can smoke hit the thing in class i don't know what you call it it's just smoke it's not smoke but right. you can do it in class and you can't see any uh, anything being exhaled but, but that just goes to show why we're not doing vape pens because no, we that are makes sense. for athletes and we're just not we don't want to play into that because this is something like hey while it's cbd and it's helpful what kind of message is that sending our youth right well and, yeah and you, you'll get some brand confusion there yep yeah, yeah. Right. And it's very difficult to, I mean, not being regulated by the FDA, which CBD, I mean, I, hopefully we get there at some point. Mm-hmm. It, it'll be a big industry change. Health Canada, starting next month, is mm. endorsing it, which is their equivalent of the FDA. But so these vape pens, they've got all kinds of stuff in there. Mm. We don't, there's a lot of stuff nasty that converts chemicals. to formaldehyde. I mean, and it's, yeah. Oh, so just like cigarettes. Yeah, it's crazy. And people just, aren't, the public yeah. isn't. You know, there can be so you can get something good in CBD, but are you mixing it with the bad stuff? Like right. even in your topicals, are they putting parabens and sulfates in their products? And hemp is a bioaccumulator, so while this stuff is bad on its own, you're actually going to increase the negative stuff's bio- bioavailability too. So you have to be so careful in making sure that you're working with whether it's Arcana, Miri, somebody else, but that you're working with a reputable company that produces not only clean products, but that they third party test too. Yeah. Well, well, him being a bioaccumulator, what we mean is that if you, you can plant it in an area with dirty soil and it'll suck up all the toxins and pesticides ah. in that area. It'll actually clean the soil, which is neat. Like you can, yeah. you can clean in between crop rotations. You can clean with him because you don't need to water it. It's a great crop, Jeez. It's a, it's but it'll weed. suck everything Boy, nasty. It is a weed. <laughs> yeah, it is a weed. It'll suck up yeah. the available resources. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so they, I mean, a couple of years in the cannabis industry, people saw that, that they had a, um, what was it? It was a Eagle 80. Eagle 20. Eagle 20. I can't remember what it was, but it, because, 
the cannabis plant sucks up all the nasty mm-hmm. stuff in there. You have to be really careful with what it's growing with. Wow. And uh, I'll tell you, when I got off of sulfates for, like, personal products, like, I don't I don't have sulfates in my toothpaste or, mm-hmm. like, my shampoo and stuff. Like, my skin got better. Yeah. Like, I, I stopped getting, like, cold sores and stuff. Like, it was weird. But I go, wow, okay, so that's probably not good. And then no parabens or what are they called, like phthalates? Phthalates, phthalates yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then that's all in your – that's in your scent. So even like in our house, and this was all part of my journey, mm. d- discovering all this with my autoimmune – issues but we don't do like cheapy we only diffuse essential oils in our house now right i mean all those candles that smell awesome and you got fall coming you get pumpkin spice this pumpkin spice that but you're literally burning toxins into your household because of those those phthalates um, i've already researched how to make pumpkin spice with essential oils (laughs) he'll tell you like your house needs to smell like fall it gets nutty around this time of year but now (laughs) i'm like i I don't do candles anymore what am i gonna do okay another question i have for you all is since this is cbd uh talk to me about if you're an elite athlete talk to me about testing you know with like usada um and things like that yeah. Are, are these banned substances? So uh, USADA and WADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency and the United States Anti-Doping Agency, took these products off of their ban list in 2018. They took, took CBD off their ban list in 2018, which kind of coincided with our launch into the sports world. Why we waited um, to launch until January. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. Why would you launch if, <laughs> with yeah. a banned product? a sports-specific yeah. line, but, but wait, it's illegal but, with USADA This is really going to help you, but <laughs> yeah. too bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you're going to pop hot. You're going to pop hot. Um, so, but that'll, that'll speak to this, and it's really important because there are a lot of companies are coming out with CBD products, and they have different technology now. So you can get just a CBD isolate, which mm. it's just cannabidiol by itself. But like Lynn was saying earlier, there's 130 different cannabinoids out there, and they all have medicinal benefits, right? they got great therapeutic benefits. So when you got all these organs and glands and these receptors are interacting with different cannabinoids, uh, you need as many of them as you can get. There's THC involved with that. And people okay. that say, okay, I do a full-spectrum extract, but I don't have any THC, they're, they're full of poop. Like, could uh, they, they could have 0. .0. I mean, the legal limit to be hemp is 0.3%. Okay. But, I mean, you could have 0.01% in there. But there, a lot of these companies are saying THC-free. Yeah, and this is where you have to be careful. Because if they say THC-free, um, who's testing it and how do you tell it's non-detectable? So we use a third-party state-certified lab. They set their spectrometer at 0.08%. Okay. So we come in below that. So we're non-detectable, below 0.08% THC. And we've also written a white paper. Um, we've had our local police department. They were kind enough to take our products. <laughs> Finding people that are THC-free. Truly. In Colorado like, hey, was actually yeah. hard. I was like, hey, will you take this for a couple of months and, and pee a few times so we could do yeah, yeah. Uh, a study on their change in your analysis, which there wasn't one. Wow. So we have that backed up. And those are too. open. I mean, that was a big deal. People think, you know, oh, it's you know, the city of Glendale, whatever, but that's open records. Like, hey, if those guys had popped hot and we didn't have PhD biochemists formulating our products, like, that would be public knowledge. Like, those sure. guys, yeah. that they would see that. So that was a really big deal. And kind of to, I don't want to say make more user-friendly what Tyler said. When we say full-spectrum versus isolate, we, which is why we say activated hemp and not just CBD, we say think whole orange versus vitamin C tablet. Oh, okay. So when you're taking a CBD isolate, you're, you, that's why you need so many milligrams of vitamin C because it's not bioavailable. Like your body is only absorbing a very small amount and, you're, and it's expensive excrement. Like you're peeing it out. Oh, I gotcha. So, you know, when you get the whole orange, you get everything interacting as nature intended, which is what we're doing by doing a whole plant extraction from the hemp plant. 
So to kind of go back to your original question, with uh, you saw it in WADA removing cannabidiol from the ban list with us doing third-party state-certified lab testing where we're still coming up non-detectable for THC. We've tested it with professional, we, I mean, we've had professional athletes using our products. We've had first responders using our products. We have to say at the end of the day, everybody, could we have 0.005 or 0.01% THC in our products? Yeah, sure, we could. I mean, the legal limit's 0.3, but we are so low that it's something that in our studies... We haven't had anything gotcha. negative. Wow. So that's, a, that's like a legal. Well, and that's, I guess that pertains more to your systemic product, right? It's going to go into your bloodstream. Um, so the quill, the one that, that is transdermal, has a transdermal excipient in there, so it's going to drive it into that bloodstream. Um, the other product that we have is our, our circle freeze. So that's localized, localized topical. Okay. So That's I mean, probably like what Patrick Stewart's using, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's using exactly. that out of hand. I mean, it... it it's not going to show up in your UA. Like yeah. I can, you know, make your own decision, your but it's not going to go in your bloodstream. So, right, that's the other product that we do. And that one was actually just tested by Athletes for Care, which is a bunch of former professional athletes. You've got everybody from, I mean, we're in Colorado. Ruben Drones is on there. Um, Jake Plummer is involved in the organization. A lot of really big name athletes that are pro cannabis. And just to so your listeners know, like cannabis, both hemp and marijuana are cannabis. So, you know, cannabis is like if you're looking at a pyramid, you've got cannabis right. and you've got hemp and marijuana. Marijuana being anything 0.3% THC or higher, hemp being 0.3% THC or lower, gotcha. or 0.299. So, um, but Sarco Freeze was actually just received a super high rating from Athletes for Care. So nice. we are very excited about that product as well. And just a personal note, I will never forgive this town for the way they treated Jake Plummer on his way out the door. Uh, I mean, just with, with how with how well he played and, you know, and then with Jake Cutler coming in, I was just really sad for Jake. I liked him a lot. So yeah. I just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> just that's neither here nor there, but just something that occurred to me as, as you said that. Yeah. So anyway, that's a weird place to stop, but uh, as good as any. Right now is when we do plugs on the show. So where can people find out more about Arcanum or anything else you all want to plug? How can people find it? Is it available in stores? Anything you want to plug, please do it now. So you guys can go to our website, which is Arcanum. It's A-R-C-A-N-U-M, edge.com. Um, hopefully there will be a link on There will be a blog. link on the companion blog piece, uh, johnofalltrades.us, J-O-N of alltrades.us. See, we got the joint plug. Yeah, that's, yeah, how, we, see, that's see how, how we do we work it. That? Well, I also record the intro and outro where it's plugs a go-go. <laughs> plugs a go-go. <laughs> so you guys can check us out there. Um, I'd also encourage you, so our biggest, um, the account we're more, most active on on social media is Instagram. Okay, good. We have some incredible products launching in Q4 and Q1. So definitely encourage people to follow us there just because like these products, I hate saying the word disruption because I feel like it's so overused right now. Like I'm going to disrupt her, but um, they're going to disrupt. They're game changing. They're game changing. How about that? They're game changing. I dig it. All right. So you can check us out there. Um, there'll be links obviously coming from your blog, but we definitely encourage on our, we- on our website, you guys can find our testing results. So we post everything from every batch. Um, and there's also great like realm of caring, um, projectcbd.org. There's some really good third party sources out there too. Um, and we're not affiliated with any of them, just kind of throwing it out there. Sure. But a final plug too, we are super passionate about alternative health and we actually donate a portion of every purchase to providing and funding alternative health options for veterans. Wow. So um, not only are you helping yourself with our product, but you're actually helping others too. And that's something we've done from day one. 
Well, Lindsay, Tyler, this was enormously illuminating and, uh, and a great chat. Uh, I wish you guys continued success. Thank you. And thank you so much. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. That wraps up episode 193 of the John of All Trades podcast featuring Lindsay and Tyler Mintz, co-founders of Arcanum. If you're interested in trying their products, go to the John of All Trades blog, jonofalltrades.us. Click that link, go through, type in John10 at checkout. You will get 10% off your total purchase of any of the Arcanum products that you wish to try. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M.us. Training, content, engagement, podcasting. That's how I engage with the public, and I can help you do the same. So, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. Our sponsor is 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. If you're doing anything in the online space, building a website, reaching people through social media, or doing online advertising, 4Degrees is the place you need to go. No one is better at what they do. They're winning awards for their work, so check them out on the web, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E the John of All Trades podcast is on social media. J-O-A-T pod is the handle for Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. New episode previews go up on Monday. You probably heard Tyler's first job where he talked about being the assistant to a sewer inspector. That one was hilarious. New episodes drop on Wednesday. You can find those on iTunes, Stitcher, or the John of All Trades homepage. Give us a rating, give us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Brand new episodes will come to you. Got a brand new one coming next week. So tune in for that. And until I hear you again, say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny. The John of All Trades podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak.